Certainly a wide stable of assets that they have there, anything from ETV right through to Golden Arrow buses through to KWV. Uh, and quite an interesting set of investments that they have here. And they've had to write down some of their investments uh, in Natsoho's gaming assets and uh, also uh, some of their assets in the mining sector. And I would also think that many of their slots uh, on the gambling side of things also wouldn't be operational. Good evening and good Hey, Baba. <laughs> I hope you are in warm covers there. Yeah, no. I am. Okay, all right. Go ahead, brother. And it makes sense, bro. I mean, the sectors that you just mentioned, you know, whether it's gambling, we know it suffered and it's still suffering because of the lockdown. Or if we talk about mining, we know even mines that have been allowed to operate, the guys are still not 100%. I mean, those who are like are operating almost at, at 60%, 65%. Buses as well, for the fact that people were not going to work, then the guys definitely were not making money. So unfortunately, the guys were infected that were seriously affected by the lockdown. And besides that, those are even the sectors themselves, even before the lockdown. You know, if you look at gambling, we know that it has not been doing well, you know. I mean, the guys have got a stake in Zoho Gambling. I mean, we've just seen yesterday itself, the Zoho Gambling son, the Zoho Gambling guys, they said they're not even going to be paying a final dividend because for the two months, the April, May, they lost their revenue of almost $2 billion. So, yeah, it's just so unfortunate for them. But you are right, it's a very interesting company exposed in almost all the important sectors. But unfortunately, the very same important sectors, they didn't happen to be essential sectors and hence of the right downs that the guys have to be made. But Ayabonga, given what is happening, it's not surprising that the guys are facing what they're facing now. I mean, we just even got it today coming out of the uh, treasure, the U.S. Treasury. I'm saying the Secretary thereof saying, you know what, we've realized that lockdowns that cause more damage, we are not even going to try to lock down our economies again, even though they're still facing a second wave of infections. So, as we are saying, HCI, they didn't have much of a choice. And at this point in time, any company will try to preserve as much cash as you can. Yeah, it's uh, certainly tough going now at uh, at this point. And uh, not everybody going out to the market and declaring the kind of dividend that MultiChoice uh, declared over the last day or so. But uh, let's shift our attention now uh, to uh, the petroleum sector and, of course, some of the state-owned investments there. We remember a few years ago that big bungling at uh, the Strategic Fuel Fund and the impact that that had. But um, I guess uh, now this decision to restructure all of our uh, national uh, petroleum and energy assets comes at a time where there has been some uh, exploration or exploration activity happening uh, off of our shore and uh, some discoveries uh, on the part of uh, a large multinational players. What is all of this going to mean, Marco? Going forward, that will bode well for them. But for now, we know that those entities have been loss-making. We know that the guys, when it comes even to gas as well, they've been struggling. We know the stories about selling those strategic uh, uh, oil that we had that are even taking people to court. But as we're talking today now, those entities are not looking okay. But I think, just like any other thing, we have to be forward-looking. Yes, the minute things start picking up, the minute you get those explorations to come up to stream, then definitely the guys will be well positioned. And let alone, it's not just even a question of saving costs, but it's just a question of just being efficient, you know, because we'll end up now with a situation where the, the lines will just very play, you know, among those three entities. 
So now the guys will be just more focused and you've just seen the guys who have really meaning business because they also started filling up all the necessary vacancies that were supposed to be filled in. But as we're talking today, it's not going to do much. The most important thing is going forward, as you're saying, the minute starts coming, things start coming into production. And we're talking about oil prices mm. today. People are not making sure. money out of price. I mean, out of let's oil. Pa- let's pause there for a second, Mark, and we'll come back to this uh, oil story as well. Take the Sensodyne Chill Test and stand a chance to win the weekly prize of a 5,000 Rand gift card. Simply take out a big sip of a cold glass of water and hold it in for five seconds before swallowing. Uh, Sensodyne wants you to get creative with it. Are you an awesome athlete? If so, then you can take it uh, during a sit-up. Or is your dog just the most adorable pet? Then if so, uh, you can take the Chill Test next to him. The crazier the better because the videos that make Sensodyne laugh the most stand the chance to win. Uh, the weekly prize and uh, to enter simply sms the word sensodyne to 34709 34709 and follow the prompts sms's cost one rand fifty and free sms's do not apply terms and conditions apply seven minutes it is now before 8 p.m and uh, we take a look at all of the big stories in the world of business that have been moving markets on this Thursday and I'm joined by uh, a fund manager or sorry I should say chief investment officer and founder at uh, Markwe Fund Managers and that's Markwe Masilela. Markwe before we went to the break you were talking about uh, the price cycle of uh, Brent crude and I guess what all of that is going to mean for this uh, restructuring of some of the state owned assets in the petroleum and gas sector. Going forward, when prices get to improve, because at the current price levels, even the guys in the U.S. who are doing the shell case, these prices are not attractive. I mean, $40 a barrel gets to benefit only the likes of Russia. So we need at least a better uh, oil price than the guys who start making money. But I think just like any other business, you know, in times of crisis, this is an opportunity for you to be able to restructure yourself so that you are just ready to be able to, 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 to reap the benefits the minute the economy starts to pick up, but at the current levels, yes, we don't expect them to be making money. But given that interest rates are so low, not just back home here, but also internationally, it will also help now to come to renegotiate their debt as one entity now, as compared to before when there were three separate entities. So they can also use that opportunity now to try to also restructure their debt and try to, re- to renegotiate lower interest rates. Mm-hmm. And and just, I mean, I guess, Mark, where, when you think about these three entities, uh, when you say they, they can go, I guess, uh, as a new entity, negotiate better, have a much better cost of capital and all of that, uh, how much do some of the credibility issues that they've been confronted with factor in here? I mean, I, I guess people in the gas sector aren't uh, people known for, for the best morals, if I can put it that way. But um, how much will all of the past mistakes and misdemeanors and... Uh, uh, to be honest, looting in some of these entities, uh, you know, what how, what factor will that play in some of the commercial uh, relationships that uh, might have been lost in the process? And also, I guess, how creditors are going to be viewing the new entity. You are right. When it comes to their credibility, when it comes to that integrity, it's not looking that okay. But we are, we are fortunate in the sense that we are getting into a new normal, you know, and they can use that opportunity that here we are, we have cleaned ourselves up, We've got a new board, we've got new guys in place, and more importantly, we are now operating as one entity. So they can also use that as an opportunity. And truth be told, you know, you get people 
who the track record was not that good, but they are, they are able or they are given a second chance, you know, whether you're talking about big auditing firms or you're talking about big consulting firms, you know, they get to be given the second chance. There you are, even our banks will be given a second chance when it comes to this whole thing about the manipulation of the rent. So, yeah, they know deep down that they are not looking okay, but I guess they also deserve a second chance, just like any other entity or any other person. Mm-hmm. Makwe, I want us maybe to, I guess with the remaining time that we have, to take a look at um, uh, the slow reopening of the uh, mining sector and what that is going to mean for cross-border travel uh, within the provinces of South Africa, but also uh, beyond our borders. I'm thinking of workers coming through from Swaziland, Lesotho, uh, Mozambique, uh, Zambia, Malawi, and other parts of our country where uh, workers in the mining sector have historically come from. Talk to me about, um, I guess, this repatriation mission here. Uh, you know, or, I guess, re- relocation mission uh, that the Chamber of Mines or the Minerals Council is trying to pursue. It was very easy, you know, for the industry. You know, it took them, I think, 24 hours to get the guys to leave the mines, you know, almost the 450,000. And we have already always said it, even before the closing of the borders, even before the extension of the lockdowns, that, you know, bringing them back is not going to be that easy, as you know, the process that needs to be followed. And unfortunately, now you've got some of their skilled workers, and truth be told, I was not even aware that almost 23,000 there of those guys are very skilled. They happen to be outside our borders, and those are the guys who are the necessary uh, people who need to help to ramp up. You know, we know that the mines, as much as they are allowed to operate, they are not yet at least 70% of the operation, and they'll never get there up until those guys come from your Mozambique or Lesotho, your Eswatini, stuff like that, and even the guys coming from the Eastern Cape or so. But yeah, it's going to be a big reason because even the transportation part of things, you cannot take 65 people in a 65 bus, you know, theater. You have to make sure that there is that social distancing and also to make sure that even when they get there, they get to be isolated for a certain period of time. And I think the mining council has just been very realistic to say that, you know, if we continue at this pace, we at least expect it to be up and running 100% by the third quarter. But for us to be able to do that, we need the government as well to start reopening the borders so that we'll be able to bring the guys back to South Africa because those are the guys who've got experience, those are the guys who've been trained, those are the guys who've got the necessary skill. And we know there's an industry that accounts for almost 8% of our economy. And we just saw today the mining data for April. I mean, that was the lowest since the past 89 years. So definitely something needs to be done. I mean, remember April, it was up 7%. Then March, it was down almost 18%. Then uh, now it was down 47%. So it cannot continue like that. It needs to get back. You know, to where, I mean, 8% is quite a lot. And also bearing in mind, that industry also talked to manufacturing, which also accounts for almost 13% of our economy. So definitely the government has to help the mining industry to open up the borders so that all those skilled guys can come back. But that does not necessarily mean Mm. people don't have to observe the necessary regulations that have to be observed to make sure that we don't spread this pandemic. Yeah. Makwe, it's uh, certainly going to be a tough one and uh, we're going to be watching closely what all of this means because I think of this in the context of the words of the MEC of Health in the Northwest, uh, Matota Sambata, who said uh, he, in his view, he thinks the municipalities of Matlosana and Rustenburg uh, should uh, uh, return to, 
I guess, how do I put it, return to level five. Now, uh, the big question I'm asking is, uh, you know, uh, if he's already concerned with uh, the spread of infections in that, in that area, what happens when uh, many of the platinum mines reopen and the platinum mines are in that self-same a- area? Uh, and what is that going to mean by way of the spread of infections and I guess uh, the travel of some infections from hotspots elsewhere into the province of the northwest? It has always not been going to be an easy thing. And remember, we've not done something like this before, you know. It will sometimes be a question of trial and error. Unfortunately, it's trial and error with, with human lives here. But yeah, there's a high chance that infections in those areas will go up. But the most important thing is to make sure that people get to be isolated and people get to be screened so that at least they can identify people who've got the virus. And I think as some of the experts have said it before, we cannot 100% run away from this whole thing. We just have to make sure that we take the necessary good steps so that we try to flatten the curve. Flattening the curve, guys, does not mean the curve has disappeared. It's Mm. just flat. Makwe, let's leave it there, my brother. Always a pleasure catching up with you, and uh, uh, have a great weekend. Pleasure. Makwe Masilela, the Chief Investment Officer and Founder at Makwe Fund Managers, helping us to talk through some of the big stories in the world of business.